When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Having It All podcast, the show about what it takes to live an abundant, loving life. My name is Matthew Bivens, and I want to help you live with more clarity, confidence, and purpose so you can truly have it all. Let's do it. What's going on, my awesome friend? Welcome back to the podcast. I am Matthew Bivens, your balanced lifestyle coach. And this podcast is the place to learn how to have it all and live your abundant, loving life. If you're tired of feeling stuck and you're looking for a path towards more clarity, more confidence, and more purpose, then you are in the right place. Episodes of the podcast drop every Tuesday. And if you're new to the show, then I encourage you to go check out the back catalog I've been publishing since 2016. And I've covered hundreds of topics. You can search them all on my website, MatthewBivens.com. Lastly, please hit that subscribe button on whatever app you are listening to this show on right now. And if you feel inspired, you can shoot me an email, give me some feedback about the podcast, give me some topic suggestions. You can email me at Matthew at MatthewBivens.com. All right, today's episode is inspired by Valentine's Day. It's dropping on Valentine's Day 2023. And In that spirit, we are going to be talking about love today. And so I want to kick it off with a story that ties into today's theme. One of the things that my daughter Maya and I love to do is to create bonfires. So last week we built this big, beautiful bonfire, and we were hanging out there, laughing, talking to one another, just enjoying the heat and the visual spectacle of the fire for a few hours. And after a little while, the fire burned down, Maya went inside, I started to cover the fire up. You know, the flames were gone, but there are still some embers down in the in the middle of it. So I'm putting some dirt on it and putting the fire out. And then it started to rain. So I packed up everything. I went inside and the embers were still hot. I could still see them glowing. So I sat by a window. I sat in, a, in my house by a window where I could see the bonfire. And I just grabbed a book and hung out and read for a little while. After a few minutes... The rain turned into this torrential downpour. I mean, it was coming down. It was coming down hard. And the embers from the fire were just getting soaked. And so there was all of this smoke coming out. And it was actually quite cool to watch. So I'm hanging out by my window, reading a book, keeping an eye on the rain and the coals. And after a while, I mean, it was soaked out there. And it was dark. It was nighttime. And so I'm prepared to pack everything up and put the girls down for bed. And I look out the window one last time, and in the middle of this torrential downpour, I see flames. 
I see flames coming out of what was this pile of branches and twigs and all of this, you know, burnt up wood. There are flames coming out of it while this huge downpour is going on. And I was just totally in awe. I'd never seen something like that. So I put my rain gear on, I went outside, and using a shovel and a hose, I finally put out the rest of the fire. And even out there with all the clothes I had on, in the rain, in the wind, I could still feel that intense heat coming from the embers in this bonfire. That experience reminded me of a Bruce Lee quote, Love is like a friendship caught on fire. In the beginning, a flame, very pretty, often hot and fierce, but still only light and flickering. As love grows older, our hearts mature, and our love becomes as coals, deep burning and unquenchable. Now that quote got me thinking, what does it look like to love deeply in our lives? To reach a mature, deep burning and unquenchable love in the most important relationships that we have, the relationship with ourselves, the relationship with others, and our relationship with life. And so today, I'm going to answer that question. We're going to explore together what deep love looks like in those three incredibly important relationships. And let's start with your relationship with yourself. I did an exercise with a client of mine last week where I asked him to list off all of his most important roles. And after going through his obvious roles of father, brother, uncle, friend, teacher, he was complete with his list. And I asked him, well, what about your relationship with yourself? And his response was, oh yeah, that is an important one. It is very easy to overlook your relationship with yourself, especially when the other relationships you have in your life might be more directly demanding of your time, your energy, and your focus. I mean, think about it. If you have a partner, if you have kids, if you have friends, if you have siblings, at some point, they're going to be asking things of you. However, you may not be asking things of yourself, or perhaps you're not listening when that little voice within you is asking for things. It's a very interesting relationship as well because it's your first relationship. It's the one that goes with you everywhere. It's the last relationship that you're going to have, your relationship with yourself. And that is why it's the most important one that you have. So let's ask the question, what does it look like to love yourself deeply? Ponder that question for a moment. If you have to, hit pause on the episode and think about it. What does it look like to love yourself deeply? Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at the answer I'm going to share with you may not be what you're thinking. To love yourself deeply means that you set and hold personal standards. So a standard is something that you consider bare minimum acceptable for yourself. 
it might be a way that you treat yourself. It might be a way that you talk to yourself. It might be behaviors you do for yourself. Or it might be the way that you allow other people to treat you. And so to love yourself deeply means that you have, in your mind, come up with a certain standard, a certain way of living, a certain way of being, that you say, this is the bare minimum for me. And you do everything you can to hold and maintain the integrity of that standard. So where can you have standards? Well, you can have standards all over the place. You may have a standard about how you talk to yourself when you're alone. For example, when you look at yourself in the mirror, are you critical of yourself? Are you accepting? Are you loving? Are you kind? You might have a specific standard that you hold with your self-talk, that you're constantly trying to keep and hold that standard. You may also have a standard about how you talk about yourself around others. For example, imagine you're with a friend and you forgot something or you made a mistake. Do you say something like, oh, I'm such an idiot? It's so easy to speak disparagingly about ourselves around others. It's also easy to write off our abilities or write off our talents or write off our intelligence when we are around other people and to speak it and put those words out there into the world. So you might have a certain standard about how you talk about yourself or carry yourself when you're out in the world. You may also have a standard about what environments you put yourself in. For example, if a job is no longer working for you because of the environment, right, because of the culture or the way people are treated or just the energy, the vibe that you get in that job, perhaps your standard is that you have a bare minimum type of environment that you're willing to place yourself in. Another type of standard, and this one is really important to me, is a standard around keeping agreements to yourself. I set and hold a very, very high standard around agreements, self-agreements. So if I make an agreement with myself, I will do everything I possibly can to keep that agreement. What it means is that, or what it creates, is I'm very intentional with my agreements. I don't just make agreements with myself willy-nilly. I think about them, and I'm very intentional and specific with the agreements that I make because I know I'm going to fight like hell to keep those agreements and to hold my standard. So setting and holding standards is a method for loving yourself deeply. Because the way you treat yourself also sets the standard for how others are going to treat you. One way to assess what your current relationship with yourself is like is to answer the question, think about the question, how well do I treat myself when no one is around? That'll give you a glimpse as to that relationship with self and the standards that you set and hold. When no one is around you, how well do you treat yourself? If it's not great, if, if upon reflecting on that question, you realize, wow, I don't really treat myself that great, then it's time for you to set some standards and prove to yourself that you are worthy of holding those standards. And that's why it's the deepest, most powerful form of self-love. Because anytime you set and then hold a standard, you have proved to yourself that you believe you are worthy. So how do you get started in setting and holding standards for yourself? Well, a great place to start is to set 
an exercise standard, a standard of physical activity. Because exercising is obviously great for your body, you get that, but it's also phenomenal for your emotional and mental well-being as well. So set some sort of physical standard for yourself, such as I will commit to 10 minutes of exercise two times a week. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter how, how hard the standard is, as long as you stick to it. So start small. That's fine. Start small. If the trust that you have in yourself is low or that trust is damaged, then start small. Because gradually, you can increase your standard. You can push yourself to higher standards. And you can start reaping the benefits of being a person who has an incredibly strong love for yourself that is backed by a long history of evidence. Now let's move into the second relationship, which is the relationship that you have with others. So let's ask the question, what does it look like to love others deeply? Once again, ponder this for yourself. Hit pause if you need to. What does it look like to love others deeply? For me, to love others deeply means that you honor and appreciate them for who they are. It means you don't try to mold them into what you think they should be. It means that you celebrate the things that make the people in your life unique and different. And it means that you support them and you love them in the manner in which they want to be supported and loved. So a great place to start with this, with the relationship with others, is to think about those you are closest with. It might be your spouse or your partner, could be your best friend, your sibling, your parents, whoever you're closest to. What you want to do is you want to get to know what is most important to them. What is it that they want to get out of life? What do they want to experience out of life? What are their goals right now? What are they working towards? And how would they like to be loved? Mel Robbins has this really great exercise that she has people do where she tells them, pull out your phone and I want you to send a text message to the most important person in your life. Maybe it's a partner, a friend, one of your parents. And I want you to ask them, how can I be a better blank to you? How can I be a better partner to you? How can I be a better friend to you? What's fantastic about that is, first of all, most people are never asked a question like that. So it's going to catch folks off guard. And it's a very honest, very vulnerable question. And it communicates that you believe the relationship you have with them is important and you value it. And so to love another person deeply is to honor that relationship and to find out how can I show up more powerfully for you. Because loving a person is not simply loving them in the way that you want to love them. That's important. And we do that all the time in, in many, if not most, of our relationships. But I believe that loving a person deeply means to love them in the way that they can receive it most. To love them in the way that they truly want to be loved most. One way you can think about it is to speak their love language. And oftentimes in life, 
we love people in two different ways. We love them in the way that we think they want to be loved, or we love them in the way in which we ourselves want to be loved. And again, that's okay. Lots of relationships can go quite far where each party is loving the other person to the best of their ability in the way that they believe they want to be loved or think they should be loved. However, I believe that if you want to go deeper, if you want to connect deeper, build deeper trust, then love people in the style in which they want to be loved. Once you know those things, once you know how a person wants to be loved, how they receive love best, then you can love and support them in the way that is most meaningful to them, not in the way that you find the most meaningful or in the way that you feel they ought to be loved. And I won't pretend that this is going to be easy. For a lot of folks, this is very hard, particularly when you think that you have to learn a new style of loving. You have to re-educate yourself on what love means and how love is shown. Yet I'll argue that it's absolutely worth the effort because to love somebody in the way that I'm describing means that you're loving them in an unattached and still unconditional way. And when you can do that, it's incredibly freeing. You are not bound by the actions of the person that you're loving. You aren't triggered by their choices. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be moments where you disagree with them, where you disagree with the direction that they're choosing to take their life in. And that can definitely cause you a lot of emotional angst and pain. But it means that you can ultimately return to a place of honoring their choices and releasing your judgment of what you think they should be doing and allowing them to have the experience that they want to have in life while you love them in the way that feels most appropriate and aligned. So my recommendation for starting for starting this method of loving others deeply is to understand their love language. So if you're in a relationship, then go and actually take the love language quiz. There's a free quiz. I have a link to it in the show notes. And after you take the love language quiz, you're going to get some scores. And talk about those scores with your partner. Talk about what each of those five love languages means to you and come up with some very specific action items that your partner can do to perform or to speak your most important love languages. So for example, if your love language is physical touch, tell your partner the exact type of physical touch that you appreciate most. You can also tell them the type of physical touch you don't appreciate. Let them know. Don't be ambiguous. Be very, very clear and direct. That's my recommendation if you are in a relationship. But you can do this with a friendship or a family member as well. You don't have to actually take the quiz. You can just simply ask them. You can, like the, the Mel Robbins example from earlier, you can pull out your phone and you can text your friend or text your family member, you know, how can I be a better friend to you? Or how can I be a better coworker? How can I be a better daughter? And that question can open up a dialogue where you can learn how they want to be loved and learn how they want to be supported by you. So start there and let that be the beginning of you working to form this deeper type of love and connection with the people in your life. 
Finally, let's talk about that third relationship that I mentioned, the one that you have with life itself. So we'll ask the question, what does it look like to love life deeply? You can pause here if you need to, so you can ponder the question, what does it look like to love life deeply? In order to answer this question, I want to give you some perspective. Specifically, I want to give perspective on just how improbable it is that you are even alive. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever sat down and thought about all of the things that had to align just perfectly so that you would be alive, so that you would be here today? I found this incredible infographic that talks about the odds of you being alive. It's actually called the odds of you being alive are incredibly small. So I'm going to link to it in the show notes. I encourage you to go check it out because it's quite fascinating. And I'm going to read a little bit of this infographic to you because it's going to give you some amazing perspective. All right, it says, let's start small. What is the probability of your dad meeting your mom? It turns out that the estimate of how many women a man meets over 25 years is about 10,000 women. So the odds that your mom was in that small group and the two of them met is one in 20,000. But we know how tricky love can be. What is the probability that they stay together long enough to have kids? So it is a one in 10 chance that your mom and dad talk to each other. It's also a one in 10 chance that they go on a second date and another one in 10 chance that they keep dating for a while. And it's a coin toss if they stay together long enough to have offspring. So the odds that your parents meeting result in kids is one in 2,000. So, so far we have odds of one in 20,000 and one in 2,000. So if you combine that, we now have one in 40 million. Those are the odds, one in 40 million. Now things are gonna get pretty interesting. Why? Because we're about to deal with eggs and sperm, which come in very, very large numbers. And this is the part that had me just totally fascinated. It says your mom has about 100,000 eggs in her lifetime. And dad makes about four trillion sperm during the years you could have been born. So what are the odds that the one egg met the one sperm which together made you. Those odds, get ready for this, are one in 400 quadrillion. <laughs> that is 400 followed by three, six, nine, 12, 15 zeros. And I'm not even gonna go any further. Let's just ponder that for a moment. The odds of you being born from all the things, from your, your father meeting your mother, to the two of them deciding to date, to them staying together, to deciding to have kids, to that one egg beating that one sperm, the odds are one in 400 quadrillion. Now that puts things into a whole new perspective, doesn't it? It is incredibly rare that you are alive, that you get to experience this thing called life right now. So let's take it back to that original question. What does it mean to love life deeply? To love life deeply means to keep 
all the things we just talked about in perspective and to cultivate a deep gratitude and appreciation for life. It means you take in the fullness of this experience of life and you don't run from it. I personally believe that we are here to learn, to grow, and ultimately to evolve. But even that, that's just my belief. You have to arrive at your own belief of why you are alive right now. Regardless of what you feel your purpose is, however, the fact remains that it is highly improbable that you would even exist at all. And that is something to be acknowledged and to be appreciated. So how do you actually go about building a deeper gratitude and appreciation for life? Well, a simple, simple place to start is by having a gratitude practice. Start with a gratitude list. Pull out a piece of paper. And every day, write down two things that you're grateful for. And just add to your list. Keep on adding. Keep on expanding it until you have a huge notebook full of all the things that you're grateful for, that you can reflect on and bring some peace and perspective into your life. If you already have a gratitude practice, then try something a little bit more advanced. An advanced form of gratitude is being able to find genuine appreciation for the struggles and the challenges that you have in your life. Ah, are you able to do that? Can you be genuinely grateful for your biggest hardships? How about being grateful for people who have treated you poorly in life? Because in that mistreatment is something for you to learn, something for you to heal, something for you to grow from. That is advanced forms of gratitude. And if you can cultivate and feel that gratitude for life, then you are truly loving life deeply. So as we wrap this thing up today, I am reminded of how I felt when I was looking at the flames of that bonfire. When I saw the flames reignite after that torrential downpour. Because at the core of that bonfire were those embers that were so, so hot those deep burning embers. So I'm holding the space for you to experience that deep burning, unconditional and unquestionable love for yourself, for others and for life. And I want you to ask yourself, is the love that I have for myself more like a flame on a candle that looks nice, but ultimately is superficial? Or is it deep? Is it eternal? Is it something that you can count on, something that has been burning for a long time and will not go out? And ask yourself the same question for the love that you have for others and for the love you have for life. Because you are very, very capable of deepening the love that you experience in your life. You can do it. And it's not dependent on anyone else. If you want to experience deep love, it is not dependent on your partner telling you that they love you. It is not dependent on how your kids treat you. That is the trap of codependency that says in order for you to experience deep love, then you must have other people doing something for you. That is very, very dangerous to hold that belief because it creates codependency where now you are dependent on them to get what you need. And so if you start with deepening your love of self, in the ways that we talked about already, that's going to help you to create a deeper 
and unattached love of others, which will spill into the love and appreciation that you feel for life itself. And when you trust that process and give it everything that you have, I promise you the rewards coming back to you will be tenfold. That's it for me today. Thank you so much for hanging out. I truly, truly appreciate you. If you have any questions, any thoughts, or any feedback for me on this episode or any other episodes from the podcast, please don't hesitate. Shoot me an email. I'm at Matthew at MatthewBivens.com. Have a fantastic rest of your day. If you're listening to this on Valentine's Day, go be, create, and experience the love that you desire to have in this life. I am sending you deep appreciation and deep love. My name is Matthew Bivens, and here is to you having it all. Quick note about the Having It All podcast. I am not a doctor nor a licensed therapist. I'm a guy with a story and a passion for conscious conversation. My thoughts, opinions, and beliefs are my own. So please consult with your doctor or healthcare provider regarding any questions or issues you have related to your personal, physical, or mental health. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgins. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.